welcome back to the Potentially Podcast. We're your co-hosts, Lindsay and Isabel. We are super glad you came back for another episode, and if it's your first time, we're glad you found us and hope you enjoy today's episode, and we'll stick around a little longer, maybe. Today, we're going to be discussing long-distance relationships and how you can live up to your potential with these and make it the best experience it can be for you, because it can be really difficult I know this because I was in one for three years before me and my husband finally got to live near each other. It can be very hard, but if you're willing to put in the time and effort, I think a long distance relationship can be really beneficial and help you guys grow together. Yeah, so I don't have a lot of experience with long distance relationships. Um, I've talked about how Jacob and I met. We met in high school. We were high school sweethearts. We went to the same college. Um, After college, we got married. And we've always been together. We've spent a lot of time together. So the only experience I have with this is about two or three months when we were moving to Texas and I moved before he did. I think it ended up being about three months. So for three months, we were long distance and it sucked. I was not used to it at all. It was not fun. It was not enjoyable. And we also didn't have an end date in mind like we didn't know exactly when he was going to be able to move so it was definitely rough um but Isabel has a lot of experience with this and she made it work so I'm really excited to hear kind of what she has to say about this I'm not gonna lie it's difficult sometimes and me and Nick's relationship actually started out with us being apart which is gonna sound really really weird but he was deployed when we first started talking so we even had like a really big time difference going when we first we're starting to think about our relationship a little bit. We actually didn't get to see each other in person until eight months after we started talking because the military life kind of kept us apart for a while. So for eight months of us getting to know each other before we actually met, it was just all FaceTime and texting, which I know a lot of people think that can be sketchy, but you know, we had mutual friends. I knew he was real. We did FaceTime but and we actually got to meet Nick in person before Isabel got to meet Nick in person yeah that was like a terrible day for me I was so sad when everyone got to meet him and I hadn't even gotten to see him yet but one of our friends growing up her name is Taylor she was family friend and one of Isabel's best friends and Isabel was supposed to be in the wedding and she ended up not being able to go to Taylor's wedding which was super super depressing um for Isabel but we were obviously all at the wedding because we were not in the military so we were all at the wedding and Nick was actually in the wedding as well um for the groom so we got to meet him at Taylor's wedding before Isabel even got to see him in person now obviously she had been talking with him for months and You know, she knew a lot about him, but it's a little weird for your family to meet your boyfriend before you do. Oh, it it was super weird, but I think it made our parents feel a little bit better about him because he was like real and he was not a terrible person. (laughs) Yeah, I think they felt better about it afterwards because they got to spend some time with him and we had a really good time at the wedding. And, you know, if you can get that sister approval, then you're pretty much golden. And he won me and Vicky over. So we we were, you know, in love with him already after one night. So it, it was a good sign for the future. True. So for the whole first eight months, when it was just us talking, you know, that can be really hard because we didn't even know when we were going to finally get to meet each other. We had ideas, but with both of us being in the military, it's kind of hard to line up your schedule. At first, it was just 
us talking and it takes a lot of communication, we actually were able to get to know a lot about each other in those eight months because you can have really deep conversations because all you can do is talk. So I think that's a really positive thing that can come out of long distance relationships, but you have to remember to take the time to have those conversations. And not just with texting. I don't really like texting that much. We would text uh, like when we woke up or before we went to sleep just to say good morning and good night. But the bulk of our talking was over FaceTime every day. I think that's a really good point And that probably needs to be said for maybe some of our younger listeners out there who probably, you know, gravitate a little bit more towards texting and not wanting any of that over the phone or over FaceTime conversation. And I think it's really important because texting isn't real conversation because you have time to think about your response. You have time to contemplate what you want to say and craft this beautiful text message and it's just not real and you're not seeing that, you know, real reaction to whatever it is that you told the person and you're not getting that human bond. So I think the fact that we now have, you know, newer technology that allows you to FaceTime whoever you want, whenever you want. I think that's great because you really can build a real human bond even if you're not together. Yeah, and it can be, well, I don't think it was hard for us to do that, to build that bond, but you have to take the time to do it. And it was especially hard for us as well because we would talk every day for like a week and then Nick had to go do work where we he couldn't have his phone and we couldn't talk for 10 days. Um, that was happening throughout our whole relationship before we got married. So that can be hard as well. So when you are communicating, you need to make sure it's quality and that you're really telling each other what's going on in your life. You have to feel that understanding from the other person and feel like they're making the effort to get to know you to, you know, if you've already known each other and now you're doing this, that they're putting forth the effort to show that they love you, obviously, because when you're that far apart, you can feel a little bit disconnected from the person. Well, right. And you had an added layer. It wasn't just a long distance relationship. It was also a military relationship where both the people were in the military. So, you know, most people who have long distance relationships aren't going to have to go weeks without talking to the other person on top of the fact that they're not seeing them. You had that added level of just, I guess, uncertainty within a new relationship. So when you're in a new relationship, there's already a lot of uncertainty about how everybody feels and where a person sees this relationship going. And at least you get a sense of normalcy by being able to spend a lot of time with them. And so since Isabel didn't have that and she really didn't have that when he would be gone for weeks at a time, I just think your communication needs to be open and honest and you're being really straightforward and you really just don't have time to mess around or make a game out of it. Because if you're in this for a serious reason and you're not just, you know, wanting to date around, if you're taking this seriously and you want to get married, you just don't have time to kind of play any games and you know I'm not a person who plays games anyways but if you are a person you really don't need to be doing that in a long distance relationship. No if that's what you want if you're not ready to be committed to somebody then you probably shouldn't even try the long distance relationship because it's not going to be worth it to you. It can get really hard especially when you don't know when you're going to see the person again and you have to remind yourself the reason I'm doing this is because this is somebody I want to be with I'm committed to I'm maybe thinking about marrying them. It's a, a really deep level of commitment or else you're not going to do it right 
the person is not going to feel the love from you and it's going to fall apart. It can be a really good test to people who've been in a relationship, then they had to go long distance to see if it can even work. Yeah, and luckily for me, when Jacob and I had to go long distance, we were already married, so there wasn't much of a choice. We just had to deal with it and move on. (laughs) And obviously, you know, it was hard, but it wasn't the end of the world either. We figured it out. And I think that's something to think about too with a long distance relationship is you're trying to figure out your end goal. So if you aren't, um, if you're, if you're not married, if you're just met this person and you're dating and you were like Isabel who started this from the very beginning, you kind of have to ask yourself, what do you want from this relationship? Because like Isabel said, if you're not committed, if you're not in that frame of mind, it's kind of a waste of time because why would you want to put yourself through that much struggle of dealing with somebody not being there if you're just trying to do it for fun anyways? Yeah, I agree with that. It can be really difficult. And I know for some people it can be difficult as well once you finally do see that person again. I know when I first met Nick, I was so nervous that it was not going to be how it was when we talked on the phone. And then every time after that for a while when we saw each other again, I was like, what if it's not the same? What if he's changed since I saw him last? So it can be kind of stressful. And when you do see that person, you shouldn't be afraid to talk to them about your concerns or any struggles you're going through. Because when you're finally seeing them, you want it to be so happy in a great couple days with them. But you shouldn't ignore the problems or concerns for those couple days just because you're happy to see them. Then you're going to have an argument over the phone or something. And it's just so much nicer to be able to do that in person. I feel like you get more understanding when you're right there with the person having the discussion. Well, right. And you're going to end up having a deeper, more real relationship if you do that. If you kind of just sweep everything under the rug because you want to only be happy when you're with this person because you only see them a couple of days every few weeks or every couple of months or whatever it is, I just, I don't think that's going to turn into a lasting relationship because I don't know if I'm in the minority, but I don't think I am when I say that most of the time, if you don't talk it through, you don't actually let it go. You tell yourself you're going to let it go, but that doesn't actually happen. You kind of hold it in your heart and you keep thinking about it and you keep contemplating it and then you just become bitter. And who are you going to be bitter at? You're going to end up being bitter at your significant other. So if you don't want that to happen, you're going to have to talk about it. And I know that you are looking forward to this weekend getaway where you're finally going to be able to see this other person and spend real time with them and you want it to be happy, but sometimes you just have to deal with it and you just have to get into an argument and you just have to work it out. Yeah, me and Nick did that a few times and it ended up being better in the end. We still had a great time together. That little bit of argument or discussion had to happen for us to get past that for me to be happy with him in that moment. You can't actually have a happy time if you're pushing things down and trying to ignore it. It's just never going to happen. Completely agree. So, so far, I think we've kind of said like communication is really, really important. Honest communication and you need to have those hard conversations in person. I know you don't want to do it, but you really need to do it. Then the next thing that we kind of wanted to talk about was making an effort. So, you want to make an effort to make sure that that person is still involved in your life and they don't feel like isolated from you. Yeah, it's really easy to feel disconnected from that person. And I think it's good to remember things like the love languages. Maybe if you know your spouse, not your spouse, I guess you're probably not married if you're long distance. I mean, you might be, you were, but I feel like it's more likely that you're before the marriage point. Yeah, probably (laughs) more likely. So if your significant other knows your love language, then maybe they can help you feel loved a little bit 
better because like mine is quality time. So really us just FaceTiming and doing something together on FaceTime made me feel better. Like we'd watch a movie together or something simple like that, or we'd play like iPhone games together, which is something really easy to do. But if he was doing that with me, it made me feel better. Some people like getting gifts. You can send things from far away, like flowers or, you know, you can still get them birthday gifts or whatever they need. One time, I'm pretty sure Nick ordered me pizza. That was really nice because I, I remember food. that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. It's like Isabel's version of flowers if you get her pizza. Yeah. <laughs> So that's nice. You just have to really consider all those things and try to put in a little effort to make it happen because it can be harder to make that person remember. And if your love language is physical touch, I think it can be probably a little bit more of a struggle because that's something that you obviously can't do from a distance. But then I would just focus on whatever their next best is. So obviously you're going to get that physical touch when you see each other next and you got to hold out hope for that. But what is the next best thing on their list that you could do for them? Yeah, that's true. Things can't always be perfectly how you want them to be when you can't see each other at all. So you just have to try your best. And I think if you're putting forth effort and the person sees that, they're going to understand even if they want something a little bit more that they can't have right now because you are so far apart, they're going to appreciate you doing anything to make them feel loved and feel supported from a distance. And I would just keep them in the loop too about what you're doing just because it's not that like, they need to keep tabs on you or something, but it's just to make them feel like they know what's going on in your life and who you're spending time with and they feel a part of it instead of feeling like left out. So if you're going to go spend time with your family or friends, you can kind of just let them know like, hey, this weekend I'm going to be doing this. I probably won't have as much time to talk to you because this is what I'm going to be doing, but you know, I'll make sure to call you at night when I'm done with all of this because you also don't want to just like sit at home and wallow in it. So you don't want to just be sitting there thinking about how much you miss that other person because that's not going to make your life better. It's not going to make their life better. And you might not be able to really move past that feeling very easily. And I don't think it's going to help you be successful in your long distance relationship. So you should be spending time with family. You should be spending time with friends. You should be spending time on things that you like to do individually as a hobby or pursuing, you know, side pursuits like a podcast or whatever it is that you want to put your energy into. I think sitting at home and just like thinking about the person constantly is probably the worst thing you could do. I agree and especially if the other person is going out and doing things, if you're just staying home you're going to feel worse because you're going to feel like I wish I was doing that with them. You should do something as well and Nick would go out with his friends all the time and the second time he was deployed, I was able to go home and see our families. So I got to visit with his family, even though he couldn't. And he was really glad I did that, even though he couldn't be there with me. You still want to make sure you keep close connections with your family and friends. And especially the ones you have shared together. That way, when he, when you are finally together, it's not awkward. You guys all just can hang out and it's a great time. Right. And it's not so like compartmentalized. My relationship with this person is completely separate from the rest of my life. You're kind of including them in on your life and what you're doing and your friends and your family. And I think that just helps make that transition to when you're together again. And I think that's also kind of the biggest thing to figure out. So we talked about a little bit how you need to know where this, where you want this relationship to go, but you also have to be really honest with yourself. So, okay, let's say you are ready for a commitment and he's ready for a commitment. Well, let's say you live on the West Coast and he lives on the East Coast and you refuse to move from the West Coast because you love your job and you love your family and he refuses to move from the East Coast because he loves his 
job and he loves his family. Okay, well, where does that put you? That puts you at a place where neither of you are willing to compromise and somebody's not going to be happy and you're going to probably end up breaking up. So, if you're in a long-distance relationship, you kind of need to know the time frame and how you're going to get out of the long-distance relationship because you can't stay in it forever. That's not going to work. So, for Isabel, I think it worked because, one, neither of them were living in their hometowns anyways. They were both stationed in places for the military, so neither of them has a connection to that place and they were both willing to talk about where they wanted to live later on in life and they weren't really stuck on having to live in one specific place. And two, they knew they had a deadline because they knew after Nick got out of the military, they were going to be able to be together. Right. So, at first in our relationship, we were extremely far apart. Eventually, I was able to get stationed only four hours from where he was stationed, which was really lucky. I don't know how that happened. God was looking out for me. He knew this was the guy I was supposed to be with. Because if that hadn't happened, it would have been much harder. Because once that happened, Nick was able to come visit me on weekends. And we got to see each other a lot more than we had been. And then, yeah, we did decide that we wanted to get married. And his enlistment was going to be coming to an end. So we'd be able to get married and he'd be able to move where I was living. And that whole process took three years, which seems like a very long time, but at least we knew there was an end in sight and we knew this isn't going to be our relationship forever. Right. And you were working towards it the whole time and you were also both focused on really, um, involved careers. So, the military is a very involved career. You, If you're on active duty, you can't really do it halfway. You have to focus all of your energy on it. So, you were doing things that were motivating you and keeping you productive and pushing you along in whatever it is that you were going to be doing in your life. So, again, you weren't sitting home and wallowing and you had that end date and I think that was really helpful. And with, for like Jacob and I, we didn't have an end date. We didn't know how long it was going to be because he had to find a job down here before he could move, but we knew that we were trying to do it as quickly as possible. There wasn't any reason why he was staying in Ohio. We were moving to Texas for him, and obviously, we were already married, so we were just trying to do it as quickly as possible, and so it was frustrating because we didn't have an end date, but it w- it's not the same as people who are living in two spots of the world who are not married and trying to figure out if they want to compromise and have somebody move. Obviously, it's just a different situation. Right. I think that if you're going to get into a long-distance relationship like that, you have to realize you might have to be the one who compromises and moves like I mean that sucks if you really don't want to then maybe you should just try dating around the area you live in right and if you are the person that has a more flexible job it might have to be you so like with Jacob and I the job that I do I can do wherever so the reason we decided to move was because we were moving for his career and a specific purpose and then when Isabel gets out of the military it's going to be kind of reverse. Like her job is going to be more specific where she's going to need to find a job um, in a city and then Nick's job is going to be more flexible. Yeah, so at first I tried, I didn't know if I'd be able to be flexible, but I tried to move closer to where Nick was and then now he moved to follow me and we might have to follow my job a little bit more than his because you can do a computer job anywhere. Mine's a little bit more specific to areas. So just realize that even if you're not the one compromising right now, in the future, you might have to. So, you always have to be willing to compromise. Maybe not on where you live. Maybe you guys decided that right away. There's always going to be something. So, don't be afraid 
to be flexible. <laughs> right. And you know, if you're with the right person, it's, it's going to be somebody that you are willing to compromise for. So if you're not willing to compromise for them, then maybe they're not the right person and you just need to move on and find somebody that kind of works within your parameters because there's no sense in going through all the struggle of a long distance relationship if you aren't going to be able to compromise in the end anyways. So with long distance relationships, you never want them to be permanent. It's really difficult, but in the end, I think they can be super beneficial to your relationship. They can help you realize more about yourself and your partner, and it might improve your relation, not improve your relationship, but motivate you to figure out what you want to do with each other, if it's serious, if it's not. So don't be afraid of a long distance relationship and break up just because that's going to happen. I mean, maybe do if you know you're not committed, but I think give it a chance and maybe some of our tips will help you if you are in a long distance relationship right now, because in the end, it can be really worth it. 100% agree. There are definitely people out there who are worth it. And if you find your person out there, then long distance is something that you can definitely deal with so that way you can marry them and be with them and have your happy ending which is something I always love when people get their happy ending I love a good (laughs) ending all right so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast I hope you found it insightful head on over to our Instagram our Facebook at live potentially our website livepotentially.com keep the conversation going let us know your thoughts make sure you rate review like this podcast share it everywhere let everyone know about it so that way we can grow this thing all right we'll talk to you guys next week week.